This is a Federal News Network podcast. Interior Secretary David Bernhardt recently signed an executive order expanding the department's ethics activities. Among other measures, it reorganized the Office of Ethics and gives the top ethics officer full access to the secretary. With what the order is designed to accomplish and how, we turn to the director of the ethics office, Scott De La Vega. Mr. De La Vega, good to have you on. Hi, good morning, Tom. Tell us about this executive order signed just last week. What does it do precisely? It's a secretarial order that Secretary Bernhardt has signed, and it's a very uh, important measure here at the department. And what it does is it consolidates the 13 disparate ethics programs that currently exist here at the Department of the Interior, and it brings them under the umbrella of my office, the Departmental Ethics Office. Uh, and this effort uh, is really a, a measure to modernize our ethics program and, uh, and get back to what Congress originally intended uh, uh, federal ethics programs uh, to be and, and how they should be run when they passed the Ethics in Government Act uh, back in 1978. Uh, it is a very important um, uh, way in order to manage a, a federal ethics program because what's going to happen now is that the ethics officials at the various uh, agencies within the Department of the Interior, as you know, the, the department is a very large agency. We have 70,000 employees uh, set out uh, among various uh, important agencies, and it's going to bring those ethics officers into a structure where there is going to be some consistency and standardization as far as uh, how ethics advice is provided to all of our employees. Uh, so we're very excited about uh, this reorganization and uh, and getting better services, uh, ethics services and products to our employees so that they can uh, actually do their jobs, uh, and can, in most cases continue doing their jobs uh, with the highest level of integrity. I was going to ask, the policies for ethics are probably consistent across those different components, but the way the ethics training and the timelines and some of the mechanics of ethics those were what were varying and you're trying to get kind of in line? That's exactly right, Tom. What's, uh, what we found, I, I've been here about 15 months now, and what I found when we got here uh, to uh, DOI uh, was that there were some uh, uh, bureaus here at the, uh, at the agency where, uh, for instance, in financial disclosure reporting, uh, they were not reviewing the financial disclosure reports and certifying them in a timely fashion, and other bureaus that were doing a very good job of it. You know, generally those uh, those reports should be reviewed and certified within 60 days. That's very important uh, for that to occur, so that we can get back to employees and tell them whether or not we have a concern about their financial holdings, for instance, and whether or not those holdings might conflict with their official duties. So it's important for ethics officials to be able to get back to uh, the employees once they submit those financial disclosure reports. And uh, some of the bureaus were doing it uh, in a timely fashion. Others uh, just were not woefully inadequate. You know, I want to make the point that um, uh, this does not, this reorganization does not mean that uh, all of our bureaus were uh, deficient in the way they were running their ethics program. That's not the case at all. We had some bureaus, I'll give an example of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, where they were running a very uh, good uh, legally compliant ethics program. 
Uh, however, on the other end of the spectrum, we had our National Park Service, which uh, on the day I came in here uh, did not have a single ethics official, full-time ethics official in place. And, and the NPS is our largest agency. And so uh, the, the varying standards in regards to the staffing of our various bureaus, their ethics programs, and how they go about doing their work, uh, that needed to be uh, brought up uh, a couple of notches in order to have some, uh, some consistency uh, and provide better service to our employees. We're speaking with Scott De La Vega. He's the chief of the Office of Ethics at the Interior Department. And what are the biggest challenges to ethics officers? We also, you know, we, from time to time you hear celebrated cases of people that are obviously unethical, taking bribes, this kind of thing. But there's also a big administrative apparatus. For example, as you mentioned, financial disclosure reports, and there's hundreds of thousands of them a year throughout the government. But also, for example, getting people on board with their ethics training when they join the government. That has to happen within a statutory time period. So what are the biggest challenges to ethics offices? I'd say one of the largest challenges to federal ethics offices, and I've, I've worked at, uh, at several uh, over the years, is resources. And that is a story that uh, I think is uh, a very good one here as to what's happening at Interior. When I say resources, an ethics program needs, first and foremost, ethics officials. Uh, those are often, here in Washington at least, uh, attorneys who have specialized uh, over the years in uh, ethics law, that is conflict of interest law, the standards of conduct, and hiring these ethics officials, getting the resources, the money, quite frankly, uh, to bring them on board uh, to serve our employees, that is a, a huge challenge. Uh, and that is something that uh, Secretary Bernhardt has been extremely supportive of. Uh, when he brought me on board to uh, reorganize this program and to build it out, uh, he had promised that uh, he would provide the, the leadership uh, and uh, resources uh, in order for me to be able to run this program properly. Uh, and he has uh, he's kept to his word on that. Uh, so I'd say that resources uh, for an ethics program is, is key, uh, and that comes from a dedication uh, from leadership uh, to uh, recognize the importance of the program uh, and, and, uh, and dedicate the, uh, the money to it. Um, you know, another challenge, uh, Tom, uh, w that we have with uh, federal ethics programs is getting the word out to employees, to federal employees, uh, that ethics officials are here for them, that uh, we, the office exists, and uh, getting them to come and use our services. You know, uh, employees, federal employees, are doing very complex, important jobs on a daily basis. And sometimes they think that their own immediate chain of command is uh, the only place for them uh, to get direction and help in how they go about doing their jobs. Uh, and, and that's just not good. That's very dangerous in some instances. They need to understand that uh, as they go about their daily activities and their jobs, uh, that if they run into the myriad of ethics issues that can come about, uh, that they should come to ethics uh, officials 
uh, at, at their agency's ethics office and ask them. Uh, ask them, hey, I've got uh, this stock or this bond in my portfolio, and I've just been, for example, assigned to uh, work on a contract in regards to this, com- this company that I have stock in. Uh, that's your classic conflict of interest uh, situation. Sure. Uh, we don't want em- uh, employees engaged in uh, in official activities where they have a personal financial interest. And so employees need to be sensitized uh, to what the ethics, the potential ethics issues are, and they need to know where to go uh, in order to get uh, advice uh, in how to handle those issues. And what's the most common type of ethics issue that comes up? Is it conflict of interest? Or, and I guess my secondary question to that is when someone's behavior may not be a conflict of interest, at what point does it become an HR issue versus an ethics issue, or do you work with HR people sometimes? Those are great questions, Tom. Uh, I'd say the most common uh, ethics issues that we run into uh, are, uh, first and foremost, uh, financial conflict of interest questions. Uh, we have, particularly among our higher-graded employees, they, who, who do own individual uh, uh, financial assets, stocks and bonds, for instance, uh, they often do have questions about whether or not they can participate in certain activities. Uh, as you know, the, the DOI is, is one of the largest uh, energy, uh, oil and gas regulators in the, in the country. And so uh, it is very important to us that we have uh, our employees that are involved in uh, oil and gas regulation, for instance, uh, that we understand what, what financial assets they have and that they not be involved in things. So, uh, you know, the... Um, I'd say that's one of the most common uh, is the financial conflict of interest. Another one is outside activities. Uh, sometimes our employees want to engage in an outside activity, whether it be with a nonprofit organization or as a second job, uh, that sort of thing. It's very important that they get clearance from the ethics office in advance uh, before they participate in that to ensure that there is not uh, some type of uh, a conflict or impartiality problem uh, in regards to their full-time uh, day job as a federal employee working for uh, the American public. Scott De La Vega is director of the Interior Department's Ethics Office. Thanks so much for joining me. I thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.